Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? Hey, man, I'm glad to be back. And thanks, everybody, for all those nice words on Twitter. Thanks. I know. I saw you tweeting this morning. He's at Joe Haas 1 with a Z. I saw you tweeting thanking the audience. We had a tremendous listenership, even for our Thanksgiving show yesterday. We were kind of surprised considering I didn't even tweet the show out. The audience was tremendous. So uh, thank you. Uh, yesterday, of course, my I, I took me unusually long to uh, digest my food, even after Thanksgiving. It was about seven <laughs> hours later. I still felt like uh, my stomach was completely full. I ate a lot. Uh, and before we get started today, I saw a tweet this morning. The United States Marine Corps put out a uh, a, a tweet, uh, s- some footage from their boot camp. <laughs> Folks, if you're on Twitter, check this thing. out. God bless the United States Marines. You are the baddest in the entire world it starts with an a and ends in an s i'm serious this is the most fearsome fighting force in the history of humankind god bless the u.s marines they put out this tweet this way it is so good if we had video going on the show which hopefully joe and i are working on we'll get to soon you should see them in the face and boot camp of these recruits (laughs) i can't even describe it screaming in the ear (laughs) it's awesome i was the greatest regret of my lifetime i mean it i am not kidding was not going in the united states marine corps i was out of money i had lived by myself the new york city police department called and i just needed the money and uh, i thought oh i'll go in later in the reserves and they call it the golden handcuff once you get in law enforcement it's hard to get out you lose your benefits and everything it is the greatest regret of my lifetime god bless you United States Marines, you are just tremendous. So I just wanted to throw that random thought out there today. All right, I've got a lot to get to. Uh, Jim Comey has received a subpoena, uh, a former FBI director, uh, to testify up on the Hill. And I've got a few preguntas, questions for Jim Comey I'd like to have answered. So we'll get into that today, and I've got a lot of other news. All right, today's show brought to you by our friends at Talkspace. Hey, you know, sometimes around the holidays, sadly, it can get a little lonely for people. Uh, listen, uh, Talkspace is the online therapy community. It lets you message a licensed therapist from anywhere at any time. All you need is a computer with a good internet connection or that Talkspace mobile app. That means you can improve your mental health, even if you've had trouble making time for it in the past. Can't imagine fitting th- anything else into your life? Well, with Talkspace, therapy is as easy as sending your therapist a message. Get something off your chest whenever you need to. Talk about everyday challenges at work or at home or just chat about life. There are no extra commutes, no leaving the office and absolutely no judgments. Remember that therapy isn't just about venting your innermost thoughts or digging into childhood memories. It's also about practical, everyday strategies for managing stress in your life and living a happier life. Having a therapist simply provides you a designated person for you to talk to who is trained to listen to and help you, can help you make positive changes in your life. The Talkspace platform has over 2,000 licensed therapists who are experienced in addressing life challenges we all face. To match with a perfect therapist for a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, go to Talkspace.com slash Bongino. And use the code Bongino, B-O-N-G-I-N-O, my last name, to get $45 off your first month and show your support for the show. That's Bongino is the promo code. It's Talkspace, Talkspace.com slash Bongino, Talkspace.com slash Bongino. Okay. Dan, I wonder Um, if they have anybody that specializes in Trump derangement syndrome. They they may. They may. And some other folks may need that kind of stuff. So you may want to check that out. Uh, all right, folks, I got a lot going on here. All right. Uh, let's get to Comey first. <laughs> Questions for Jim Comey. So Jim <laughs> Comey gets a subpoena. They need him to testify up at the Hill. I had, I thought to myself this week, cause I've been putting together 
uh, over yesterday, Thanksgiving, I was putting together the show content. I had a lot of time because we, uh, we had a semi day off yesterday. I thought, what questions would be the best ones to ask Jim Comey in this subpoena? Question number one for Jim Comey. Folks, when this entire investigation that Donald Trump was going down, remember, the obligation of the FBI uh, is to report to Congress every three months. That's quarterly in a year for liberals who have a tough time doing math is to report to every three months to the oversight uh, committee assigned with overseeing these intelligence investigations, sensitive investigations and the status of them. So let's be crystal clear about what we're talking This is important stuff. So the investigation that the Trump is going on, Jim Comey's fully aware. It starts in allegedly in the summer of 2016. I say allegedly because I think it started closer to spring of 2016. The FBI's official story is the summer because they don't want to acknowledge the early role of spying on George Papadopoulos, which happened in the spring because they didn't have any evidence on Papadopoulos. You know what? If I didn't explain that, well, let me just be clear because the question doesn't make sense yeah, otherwise, yeah, yeah. right? Please, please. So the formal opening of Crossfire Hurricane, which is the FBI name for the formal investigation into Donald Trump's team. Crossfire Hurricane starts in the summer of 2016, according to the FBI, uh, the New York Times and others who've reported on it. Mm -hmm. If you've actually studied the case or read my book, you'll see that a lot of investigative activity around the Trump team does not start in the summer of 2016, ladies and gentlemen. It starts, in fact, in the spring of 2016. Now, why would the FBI, the New York Times and others be interested in you believing it started in the summer? Because I think they're trying to hide the significant activity of foreign intelligence services bypassing U.S. safeguards on spying on U.S. citizens. In other words, the use of foreign intelligence services by the Obama administration to get around limitations the Obama administration would have using our own intelligence services to spy on American citizens. I believe a lot of that activity started in the spring of 2016. The FBI's interest right now is to hide that and the DOJ. Therefore, they say, oh, no, it didn't start till the summer. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah, that makes sense. The U.S. government yeah. is limited, is limited in what it can do, thankfully, because mm -hmm. we're a constitutional republic spying on its American citizens. Using foreign intelligence services to do it for you would be a disturbing, immoral, uh, corrupt way of getting around U.S. law to get information you need on U.S. citizens. Right. That's what I think they're hiding. Mm -hmm. Now, Jim Comey who is uh, has to testify every three months or has to send someone up to the up to the hill every three months to brief congressional committees with oversight on this on sensitive intelligence matters. Right. He doesn't tell this is important. He doesn't tell the Congress uh, charged with oversight on this. He doesn't tell them about the case until March of 2017. Folks, that's eight months after Crossfire Hurricanes formally started. And if you want my humble opinion, it's a year after the actual investigation starts. Because as I said, I think it started close to the spring with the use of foreign intelligence to bypass U.S. safeguards. Now, why would Comey hide it? Now, Jim Comey's being a fake, which is what he's good at. And he's being a, you know, he's being a fraud. So Jim Comey tweets out, oh, I got a subpoena to testify up on uh, Capitol Hill, but I only want to do it in public. Well, why does he want a public hearing, Joe? Because he wants to say at the hearing, as he has in the past multiple times, well, I can't talk about that in an open hearing. Mm -hmm. And he wants to put on a show because Jim Comey's all show. He's the biggest fraud out there. He is a fraud. Jim Comey is a fraud. He's now interested in transparency, right? According to him, 
He tweets out, I got the subpoena to testify with transparency. I want this an open public hearing. Same guy who won uh, multiple times has told lawmakers, hey, I can't say that. I can't talk about that in a public hearing. And this is the same guy who's interested, Joe, in air quotes here, transparency, Mm -hmm. who hid the investigation into the Trump team from Congress for eight months. Let's be absolutely clear on what happened. He was supposed to tell them every three months, quarterly, about sensitive investigation. He refused to do it. He hid it. What was he hiding? I'm telling you, what I think he was hiding was the FBI and the intelligence community circumventing U.S. laws and the morals and ethics of the republic not to spy on its own citizens without evidence. That's what he's hiding. It's clear as day. Now, tragically hysterical, when asked by Congresswoman Elise Stefanik, a Republican from upstate New York, when asked why he didn't brief Congress for eight months, despite the obligation to do it every three months, about the existence of said investigation into the Trump team, what does he say? He says, well, I was told not to brief you because it was a sensitive investigation. The very reason that they have it, it briefings every three months about sensitive investigation. <laughs> Folks, <laughs> I, 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 if you're feeling dumber <laughs> listening to this and you're like, Dan's surely not saying this right. I am. Oh, it goes to show you the the ridiculousity. If that's even up, we just made that up. Uh, this is a new Bonginoism. The ridiculousity of Jim Comey's testimony. He's obligated every three months to testify to Congress about the existence of sensitive investigations. He doesn't brief Congress about the Trump investigation for eight months, which I think is closer to a year. He's not even acknowledging all the work done before the summer of 2016. And then when asked why he didn't do it, he goes, well, because it was sensitive. It makes no sense. So question number one, if anyone up on the Hill is listening or their staffs, why did you hide it for eight months? I want a definitive answer. Why? They told you it was sensitive. What about it was sensitive? What do you mean? That's not a catch all. It was sensitive. All right, sensitive. Forget it. I'm telling you what was sensitive about it. What was sensitive about it is they used foreign intelligence. Now, conveniently, this weekend, I'll get to the other, just so we're talking about the lead here are questions for Jim Comey. So you understand where we are. We're all grounded in this show. But just to follow up to question number one, why did you hide it for eight months? And the use of foreign intelligence to circumvent U.S. law. Another article in Fortune Magazine, it's written from a leftist perspective, but I have this up at the show notes along with a New York Post article about Comey's objections to testifying. These are all in the show notes today at Bongino.com. Please check them out. The United Kingdom and Australia is losing their minds over this, Joe. The declassification of this material. The United Kingdom, remember Trump declassifying the FISA Mm -hmm. and the United Kingdom, we've talked about this before, the United Kingdom and Australia who have a five eyes special intelligence sharing relationship with the United States have basically, according to this report, are begging Trump not to declassify this. Why? Folks, this is simple. This is not a complicated case. The left is trying to overly complicate it with jargon and nonsense. Here is the lead. Here is it straight up, uh, straight up front and center. The Five Eyes intelligence sharing relationship, Canada, New Zealand, the United Kingdom, Australia, and the United States. We are we share intelligence at a different level than, let's say, others. It's a more friendly, intimate relationship. Why? Because they're not considered uh, geopolitical adversaries 
And there's an interest in letting people know about common threats. Folks, the Five Eyes relationship among friendlies, amongst friendlies, was not designed to spy on each other. This is the scandal. Listen to me. This is important. This is the story of the decade. That was what was what was considered a friendly relationship amongst friendly countries to combat terrorism, geopolitical threats, and common enemies. Russian infiltration, Ch- Chinese uh, g- globalist influence on the. Uh, on uh, out in the, uh, trying to con- take control of open sea channels and things like that. It was designed the Five Eyes relationship among friendlies to combat common enemies and common threats. It was not designed as a way to use each other's intelligence agencies to spy on each other as a way to get around your own domestic laws. Do you get it? Do you see why this is such a scandal? And it. Listen, I read your emails. People love this case. And some people sometimes say, hey, there's a lot of this stuff going on. This is the story. That the Obama administration understood it was limited by U.S. law on how much spying it could do on its own citizens. So it manipulated friendly countries' intelligence systems that were designed to fight back against China, Al-Qaeda, AQAP, all of these groups. And instead of using it to fight common enemies, they used it to fight domestic, air quotes, enemies. But those enemies weren't enemies, folks. They were political opponents. That is why the United Kingdom and the Australians are fighting back so badly against the declassification, because the American people are going to see an intricate, detailed role of friendly countries, Five Eyes intelligence partners who were weaponized against Obama's political opponents, not against common enemies. Now do you understand why Jim Comey's fought the, uh, uh, the uh, excuse me, did, refused to reveal the existence of this investigation despite uh, his obligation to do so for eight months? And even then he only did it because the public had already grown. Uh, had uh had was getting feisty details were starting to leak out joe is this making sense because if it doesn't my i'll be honest with you the whole my whole the entire existence of the dan bongino show is worthless if this does point doesn't nah, make this, sense this is this is easy babe this is really it, easy we're it, good good yeah, yeah we're cool. thank you that's the whole point we have relationships with the united kingdom and australia and new zealand because they're friendlies right they're 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 capitalist countries. They're generally free markets. They share an interest in global democracy. We share trade agreements. Many uh, We share a common language in most parts of those countries. We share a common culture. We share a heritage with the uh, United Kingdom and the British, obviously. Now it's been turned on political enemies within the United States. Now does the existence of a lot of the, the snow, listen, I'm not a fan of Snowden, but some of the stuff that got out there with the Snowden leaks is disturbing. Yeah. It's out there now. So don't bring it back. You can't unsee that. Some of the Snowden leaks, although I think it was handled inappropriately, I want to be clear on that. Some of the Snowden leaks about the relationship between the United, uh, the United States and the United Kingdom's intelligence services are troubling. There's a leak about the, the, the GCHQ, the British equivalent of the NSA and an arrangement we had with the United States and the NSA and the Obama administration here where monies were exchanged 
to support their program, their intelligence gathering program. And there's a suggestion there amongst British officials that received the money from the United States that, Joe, they had to produce something for the money. Mm -hmm. Well, what did they produce? Political intelligence? I thought the idea was to fight geopolitical enemies and threats, not to fight Obama's political opponents. Do you understand this is the story? This is the whole story. Listen, it's Black Friday and uh, I'm a capitalist, but I don't mean this in any consumerist kind of capitalist sense. I'm asking you, please, as my audience, if you have not picked up my book yet, I, listen, I don't make more than a couple bucks per book. I promise you. No, this is not my source of income, especially I have two co-authors and it's got to be split six different ways from Sunday. I'm just humbly asking you on this Black Friday, please pick up my book on Amazon or Barnes and Noble or in a bookstore, Spygate by me, uh, Denise McAllister, Matt Palumbo. Please read the book. You, I promise you won't be able to put it down. Just read the reviews. This is all explained in there, how there was a common interest by perceived friendly intelligence partners in shutting down Donald Trump and Barack Obama's political opponents, not for criminal reasons or for terrorist reasons, but because of the fact that people in the Five Eyes relationship just didn't like the politics of Donald Trump. We have the meat. We have the meat. That's the five guys. Yeah. The five guys. Yeah. Nice. There was just read some of the public pronouncements <laughs> by UK political people before the election. It is clear as day what happened. They just didn't like Donald Trump's politics. Question number one. Why did you hide it for eight months? Oh. I think the answer is becoming clear. <laughs> Question number two for Jim Comey. If Hillary Clinton emailed Barack Obama from overseas, which we now know using her private email account, why did you not uh, subpoena or, or ask questions to the White House or Barack Obama himself? I mean, you've clearly said over and over, Joe, the Democrats, the liberals, the, you know, a lot of the rhino Republicans going after Trump and everyone else. And they're right in this respect that the president isn't above the law. He's not. The president is not above the law. The Constitution provides a means to get rid of a president. It's called impeachment. It's clearly delineated how it happens in the Constitution. Nope, no one's above the law in the United States. We don't have a monarch. But what's fascinating, Joe, is this is why I bring this up for questions to Jim Comey. Did Hillary email Barack Obama how many times? And why didn't you interview Barack Obama? Why does this matter, folks? Because the July 5th Jim Comey press conference where he simultaneously lays out the case against Hillary Clinton and then dismisses it in the exact same speech. Remember that? The July 5th presser? Oh. Hillary did this, 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 and this. Ah, oh, but we're going to give her a pass because no prosecutor would prosecute this case. Wait, what? what? What are you talking about? Of course they would. In that speech, there are multiple versions of the speech. The final speech he gives on July 5th includes no reference whatsoever to Barack Obama's emails from Hillary Clinton. Why? Jim, why did you, Jim, call me? Why did you pull that out of the speech? The first version of the speech has a reference to Hillary Clinton emailing Barack Obama from a foreign adversary's territory widely believed to be Russia. Meaning this. While Sally Yates, the deputy attorney general for a time, targeted Mike Flynn for saying that, uh, hey, listen, his conversations with the Russian ambassador uh, don't exactly marry up to the transcripts we have because we spied on him and unmasked him. Therefore, he could be potentially bribed. 
that was the case against the uh, national security advisor at the time, Mike Flynn. The appointed one. Before he had to step aside. Remember, Joe? Sally Yates walks into the White House and says, well, Mike Flynn's not telling the truth about his conversations with the Russian ambassador. Therefore, he could potentially be bribed by the Russians who know what the conversation was, right? Mm-hmm. You know what's fascinating about that same logic? It was never, ever applied to Hillary Clinton. If Hillary Clinton emailed Barack Obama from a private email account from Russian territory, the Russians, listen to me, absolutely know both Hillary Clinton had a private email and Barack Obama lied about it. Because Barack Obama and his team, remember the emails from the Clinton team? Mm. Obama says on a, on a national TV interview, he says, hey, I learned about this from the press, Hillary's emails. And the, with the Hillary Clinton emails are, are leaked out and the team, uh, they're emailing each other. I think Cheryl Mills emails Podesta and says something to the effect of, according to the reports, it says, hey, we got to clean this up. Clean what up? What they had to clean up is Hillary emailed Obama from the private email accounts. There's no way Obama didn't know Hillary had a private email. No way, folks. There is no way someone at WACA, the White House communications agency or someone who had Barack Obama's BlackBerry. This is not a normal BlackBerry or email device. The device would be filtered. So Barack Obama is not getting spam emails, Trojan emails and other stuff. Do you understand? Listen, this is going to be complicated for a second. But Joe, stop me because this has got to make sense. I'm using my prior experience to tell you. Okay. The president of the United States, whatever device he decides to use, is going to have the highest tech filters known to man to filter out all kinds of Trojan attacks, email spam, uh, ways to penetrate his device to get his information. He would Hillary Clinton's private email, private, she did not have a government email, would have had to been in some kind of a whitelist. Do you get that? Yes. Listen to me. Meaning somebody at the White House knew Hillary had a private email to make it an A-OK email to, so it could pass through the filters to get to Barack Obama. This is never talked about, ever. Someone out there, whether it's... Well, maybe the Treehouse guys brought up, but the conservative Treehouse guys, um, is it uh, Brian, the, uh, Brian, the guy who does the, the the stealth Jeff stuff? Whoever you guys are out there, there's a lot of uh, Jeff Carlson. There's a lot of entrepreneurial, uh, you know, feisty young uh, investigators yeah. out there. I don't know if they're young. I never met them. Maybe uh, it doesn't matter. They're good. Go out there and find this. If some of you may have written about it already, there has got to be a whitelist. You know, a blacklist, these emails are not allowed on Barack Obama's device. Right, right. Uh, Porn, gambling stuff, spam, Russian Trojan stuff. She had to get the A-OK. If she emailed Obama from Russian territory, it's clear as day that the Russians probably have those emails. Now, you want to talk about the ability to be bribed? Obama lied about it. I didn't know. Dang, if I know. (laughs) If he didn't know, his administration and people behind the scenes certainly knew because they had to whitelist it. Folks, the line to circle back was question number two. Did Hillary email Obama? Why was it removed? The first draft said Hillary emailed Obama from a foreign adversary. The second email, the second version of the July 5th speech said that she emailed a, quote, senior government official. 
The third draft that finally made it onto TV made no reference at all to that. Why? Mm. I'm going to tell you why right now. Somebody got to Comey and someone else and told them the severity of what was going on. Ladies and gentlemen, number one, the whitelist. Number two, the potential for blackmail. Somebody in the Obama administration who's claiming they had no knowledge whatsoever until the media reports came out about Hillary's email is lying. Remember that DuckTales episode where they get the harp? You are lying, lying, <laughs> lying. I used to watch DuckTales when I was a kid. I know I'm aging myself a little bit here for some of you young DuckTales. It was a cartoon, but, uh, but Daffy Duck and his grandson. Scrooge McDuck. Yeah, Scrooge, that was it. Mem- remember this one? No, where's that <laughs> Three from? Three Dog Night. Play that again. Liar! One more time. Liar! And an encore. <laughs> Somebody's lying. <laughs> Comey's lying either about not knowing. Comey's lying about the reasons he took it out. Obama's team has to be lying about the knowledge of Hillary's email. And the potential for the Russians having sensitive emails is very real. Is Jim Comey ever going to fess up? Do you understand how important this show is, folks? The questions for Jim Comey. Comey is the linchpin to this whole thing. I know why you hit it. You hit it because you used friendlies to spy on Americans. Did Hillary email Obama? The answer is yes. Where? Oh, from Russia. Well, Jim, don't you think that created bribery material? The same case you guys used against Mike Flynn? Uh, and by the way, how does that explain away Obama's Blackberry in a whitelist? How did Hillary's private email get through? Uh, uh. Now you see why Comey wants it all out in public? Oh, yeah. For transparency? Because what does he want to say to Joe? His answers to questions one or two are going to be, I can't talk about that with the cameras on. Phony. Big phony. That's why the UK and the Australians are in a panic right now. They're supposed to be our friends. They didn't do anything wrong. I thought, right? Remember the attacks against Trump? What are you worried about the Russian collusion probe, Joe? You didn't do anything wrong. This is what the Democrats say Mm. to Trump all the time. What are you worried about? You didn't do anything wrong, right? So what's the problem? What are the UK? Listen, I love our friends, the citizens of the United Kingdom and Australia. I traveled to Australia. It was awesome. I had the best time ever. Bondi Beach. It was great. I went to Canberra. uh, I went all over the place. It is a beautiful place. I don't take this as a knock on your country at all. It's not. They're just like in the United States. There was a select cabal of idiots at the top who made really bad decisions in our name. And us as citizens have the right to ask the darn questions and get the answers, both here in the United States and over there, too. Though they were supposed to be friends, not political opposition research tools. And if the Trump administration did the same thing, you're darn right I'd call it out, too. Nothing frightens me more than police state power. I told you the story a thousand times. When you are a, a, a member Of the state, when you are a law enforcement official like I was at the state and federal level as a Secret Service, and you put the handcuffs on someone and you change their whole life and you watch their kids crying and their wife knows their life is over, I don't care how bad they are. If you have an ounce of empathy in your heart, you feel bad. I was watching live PD this weekend and it's these two cops in South Carolina. They pull over this guy. I love that show. Live PD is so great. They pull over this guy. He's got packets of socks and and lotions. He it's pretty clear from the thing that there's at least uh, the hint that he may have stolen them. So what does the cop do? 
He goes back to the Walgreens that it was stolen, pays for the items and brings it back to them and gives it to him and says, hey, I know times are rough. This is a, this is what our law enforcement do. Now you see why I defend these guys and ladies? Because they're good people. This system was corrupted. When you put the handcuffs on someone and you change their entire life forever, sometimes it's not the most rewarding feeling in the world. Yes, you're getting bad guys off the street. It's absolutely necessary. But if you have a heart, folks, putting those bracelets on someone and watching their kids and their wives and everything, especially when it's a nonviolent crime, is tough. I mean, a BS, you know, it's, got the, it's all about the law. Listen, the law matters. I'm a law and order guy. But I'm not going to smoke you up and play Clint Eastwood and Unforgiven. I'm here for you, William Money. I'm not. I was just a guy. And I was a young kid when I had to do it. And it hurts sometimes. Now you see what bothers me about this case? The massive power of the federal government to destroy your life, not alter it, destroy it, was turned not against a bad guy, but against a presidential candidate who did nothing wrong. And we're all supposed to sit back and pretend none of this happened? Listen to Jim Comey, the big phony? Oh, nothing happened. It's all good. Just give us a break, huh, Jim, with the crap? With the Boy Scout nonsense. Cut the crap. It's sickening. All right. Question number three. And I'll get to the answer in a second. This is important. Just to reiterate, question number one, why'd you hide it for eight months? I think we know now. Mm -hmm. Foreign intelligence. Question number two, did Hillary email Obama? If he did, Obama's in a lot of trouble. So is his team. What about the white list? Question number three, why did you only tell Trump when you briefed him about the dossier, about the sordid sexual allegations in there. Ah, this is important. All right. Where you Dear Jim. Where you going? We should start a Dear Jim thing on, tw- on Twitter. Someone do that. Start a hashtag, please. If someone out, we have a very large audience, thanks to you. Someone start a Dear Jim hashtag on, on Twitter and list out these questions and, and put, because he, he, uh, 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 Comey blocked me on Twitter because he knows I am onto his game. He, he actually blocked me. I'm not kidding. He's at Comey. Everybody be cool about it, but hashtag him, Dear Jim, and start hitting his Twitter account with these questions. See if he'll answer you. I'd love to hear it. <laughs> all right, I'm going to get to the answer to that in a second. It's important, but I got to get to this one. Uh, listen, today, well, we could all probably use this. This may be the most timely ad in the history of the Dan Bongino show. Mm. Morning recovery. Oh. Some of you may have had a few adult sodas, some barley pops Yeah, yesterday on the greatest holiday around Thanksgiving. Uh, morning recovery. You got to, I'm telling you, keep these around for the holidays, hand them out to your guests sleeping over. Uh, it, this stuff works like a charm. I love it. Remember a few years ago when you go out, have a few drinks and bounce back the next morning, like nothing happened. Uh, I just learned about the way to help you bounce back. Like the good old days, morning recovery is engineered to help your body detox and rehydrate after drinking. You know, my wife and I have date nights a lot and we don't go anywhere without this. We have it usually in our backyard. We hang out. We have some margaritas, you know, drink responsibly. Of course, everybody knows that, but it uh, goes without saying. But we usually, before we go to sleep, we'll, we'll take a morning recovery and wake up and we're ready to go. Make morning recovery your new pre-drink routine. Drink one morning recovery before you go to bed to help your body detox, rehydrate, and bounce back so you can be your fuller self and do more the next day. Designed by an ex-Tesla engineer and world-class scientist, Morning Recovery combines the latest research and the best ingredients to boost your liver's natural ability to break down alcohol. 
Morning Recovery's secret is DHM, a plant-based superhero ingredient shown to help accelerate the decomposition of toxins in your liver. Plus, it tastes great. With over 1.5 million bottles sold, if you don't love it, you get your money back, but you won't need it. It works like a charm. There's no reason not to try Morning Recovery, and they have a special deal for our listeners right now. Go to morningrecoverydrink.com slash Dan for 20% off your entire order. It's great to have around for the holidays. Morningrecoverydrink.com slash Dan for 20% off your entire order. 20% off on a six-pack, 12-pack, or 24-pack at morningrecoverydrink.com slash Dan. Go check it out. It's really cool. This guy who founded this got a great story. He saw all these business friends of his in South Korea show up for work the next day after, you know, a night where they had a few drinks. Yeah. They were great. They were all ready to go. And he was like, ah. And he's like, what's the <laughs> secret? So he took some of theirs, uh, you know, some of the ideas. He improved upon it. It's a really great product. Check it out. All right. Questions for Comey again. So this is important. Jim Comey goes to brief Donald Trump in the, in the White House about the dossier after Trump sh- shocks the entire world and gets, uh, gets elected, wins the presidency, right? Now, he doesn't brief Trump on the entire dossier, Joe. Hmm. He briefs Trump on, again, the sordid allegations, the sexual ones, the ones that were the most ridiculous. Hmm. But he leaves out the Russian collusion stuff. Why? Why would you do that? Now, who asks Jim Comey to go and brief Donald Trump, President Trump at the White House about the existence of the dossier? Someone tells him, hey, Jimbo, Jimmy, Jimmy Bubat, I think it's a good idea that you go and brief Trump on this dossier. Oh, it's Jim Clapper. Jim Clapper. Wow. Former uh, lead intelligence official for Barack Obama and the Obama administration. Now, one, why would they hold the briefing? So there's two questions actually to ask. Why hold the briefing, number one? And secondly, why leave out the collusion stuff? I will answer those questions for you now. Hashtag Dear Jim. So why would you hold that briefing? Well, ladies and gentlemen, the dossier was garbage. The dossier is still garbage. It is a series of nonsensical collusion allegations drafted up by Hillary Clinton's paid opposition researchers that made its way into a FISA court. That we know. If the the point's not stipulated by the left, you guys are living in a fairy tale, okay? Point should be stipulated at this point. The dossier is fake. It's a fraud. It's It's phony. It's made up. So... Why brief him on it? Ladies and gentlemen, the media knows at this point that the dossier can't be verified. Yet the media is desperate to get these charges out into the public about Russian collusion. You know, the, the, it's the, the, the sordid stuff, mm-hmm. the triple X details of the dossier that are fake as well. Mm-hmm. They want those out there to embarrass Trump. But those details are really just, they, they understand that they're not going to be politically damaging over in the long run. For a couple of reasons. Number one, nobody, they'd already tried this tactic against Trump, that he was a playboy or something. It didn't work. And secondly, they were so ridiculous that people probably just wrote them off as being nonsense, which is what they were. Are we, so let's yeah. be clear. The dossier has two components, the triple X stuff right. and the Russian collusion stuff. Right. The triple X stuff, again, they want out just to make them look stupid, but they know it's not going to damage him politically because they've tried this. They desperately, the media and their liberal buddies, need the collusion stuff to seep its way into the media narrative. So what? So what? So they can get a special counsel appointed to investigate Trump to keep the attention off of their work with the United Kingdom intelligence 
to spy on members of the Trump team and using our FISA courts to do it. Follow me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it, this is important. They need the collusion narrative in the media to get Bob Mueller in there to make sure the Spygate scandals never exposed and Trump continues to get investigated endlessly for things he didn't do. But they can only do it if the collusion narrative makes its way into the media. Joe, why can't the media report on the collusion narrative in a dossier? Can I ask you to speculate? Why couldn't they do it? Well, there's no collusion. Because there's no collusion. <laughs> there's no, as Joe says all the time on the show, sooner or later you had to produce a Russian colluder. They couldn't find anyone. There's no collusion. Now, I am no fan of the media, but the media had a really difficult time printing these allegations without a scintilla of evidence, a shred of evidence, any of it was true. Mm. So conveniently, right around this time, Clapper, Jim Clapper, Obama intelligence official, read in on this whole program, tells Jim Comey, we know this now, to go and brief the president about the dossier. Now, what becomes the media story for getting these collusion narrative out there to use it to get a special counsel, Joe? The story becomes, well, even though the dossier may not be verified, Trump was briefed on it. So let's talk about the dossier. This, ladies and gentlemen, I, I I don't respect these people, but their political strategy is so devious. You have to look on in some kind of awe at times at how devious and disturbed these people are. I make an allegation against Joe that he's a space alien. I need it in the press only to humiliate Joe because he's running for office. I have no evidence Joe is a space alien. So I put together a dossier about Joe being a space alien, which is totally made up. I then get a meeting with the president to brief the president about the existence of space Mm -hmm. aliens like Joe. And the story in the media becomes that there was a briefing about space aliens. And Joe Armacost was mentioned. Everybody in the public starts saying, wait, what? Armacost is a space alien? Do you see? Folks, please tell me you get this. This was strategically horrendous, atrocious, pathetic, but genius at the same time. Yeah, we get it. We got it. We you got, got it. it? Yeah, now, baby. You conveniently, it. right after that time, yeah. Jim Clapper has a meeting and brief and brief CNN on this. We, you know, we now know this through some public testimony where Jim Clapper changed his story. Clapper said, I never told anybody about this. So envision what could have happened here. Clapper tells Comey, go brief him on the dossier. Keep in mind, I haven't got to the collusion versus that triple X stuff yet. I'm just talking about the briefing in general. Clapper, hey, tells Comey, go brief him on the uh, existence of the dossier. The media is then going to run with the briefing story about the dossier to get the dossier in the public domain. We will then use the ridiculous accusations in the dossier to push for a special counsel to get Trump investigated for the collusion in the dossier that never happened. <laughs> just, it's incredible. It's incredible. It's so incredible what they did. So incredibly stupid and horrible. but. Th- th- it's not stupid, actually. The genius of it is real yeah. because it, the, the plot is working. They have a witch hunt and it's still going on. It's a collusion that never happened. Clapper then briefs someone at CNN about the briefing and the story gets fil- filters out to the mainstream media. But mm. here's the problem. They cannot brief Trump in the briefing, Comey, that is, about the collusion stuff. Why? Because they don't want the Trump team answering, asking them questions about their investigation into the Trump team about a crime that never happened. You, 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 you dig? 
They don't want anybody to know the details of what they did. It's not a real investigation. Folks, does this now explain back to question one, why Comey hid it for eight months? Devious. They don't, yes. They don't want Trump to know about the five eyes arrangement, the use of foreign intel to circumvent our laws. They don't want them to know about the fake collusion charges that the FBI has based its entire case on. Remember, the number two at the FBI, Andrew McCabe, according to multiple reports, told congressional investigators that without the fake collusion charges in the dossier, there would be no investigation into Trump. Right. They have two huge problems if Jim Comey tells Trump about the second portion of the dossier, which is the collusion fairy tale. Tell him about the triple X stuff. That way we can say we did it and get it into the media, but don't dare tell him about the collusion. One, because there's no collusion. Two, because they cannot, cannot possibly reveal their use of foreign intelligence. And three, because their whole case is based on the dossier collusion stuff that's fake. They don't want Trump asking any questions at all. Because Trump knows there's no collusion between Trump and Russia. Why? Because he's Trump. He's one half of the Trump-Russia collusion fairy tale. If he colluded, he would know. He didn't. You see the genius in this? You see the genius in this, the sick, perverse genius in this. Final question. People keep telling you, for Comey that is, people keep telling you in the liberal media and liberal activist communities that, oh, there was uh, the IG report that came out about uh, Crossfire Hurricane and the Hillary email scandal, actually about the Hillary email scandal specifically. Liberals keep saying there was no evidence of that inspector general reports, the government internal affairs unit, that there was political influence in the uh, in the case to investigate Hillary Clinton. Folks, that is categorically false. That is not true. That is not what the report said. The report clearly indicates at the end of the IG's report and the FBI's malfeasance into the Hillary email investigation that they could not rule out political bias in choosing to investigate Trump for fake collusion and sidelining the Hillary email investigation. Let me be crystal clear on this again for those liberals in the listening audience that are confused because I get your emails. You're attacking me. That's fine. Email away. That's why I put my email out there. I read them. Sometimes I even respond to you. That is not what the report says. You can read it yourself. The report ends saying that the inspector general determined that they could not rule out political bias for the FBI's decision to do a U-turn away from Hillary's email malfeasance, the Barack Obama email from Hillary and all this other stuff, sidelining that and then doing a U-turn and choosing to investigate Donald Trump for Russian collusion that never happened. They said they could not rule that out. In other words, the FBI may have made a political decision to protect Hillary and protect Obama. That's why I put this question last. If you you understand questions one through four, question Mm -hmm. five makes sense now. Mm -hmm. The inspector general clearly said they could not rule out it being a political decision, not a law enforcement one to scrap the Hillary investigation and turn around and investigate Trump for collusion no one could prove even happened. So my question for Jim Comey, why did you as the director of the FBI prioritize Crossfire Hurricane or the investigation over Donald Trump uh, into Donald Trump's team without any evidence that this stuff actually happened and sideline the Hillary email investigation despite Joseph 
hard evidence that the Hillary email investigation was deeper and more widespread than anyone even knew. Why? They still can't give us an answer to that. Make him answer to this internal affairs report, this IG report from Horowitz. Stop believing the liberal media hype. The media's lost, folks. They are a propaganda arm for the Democrats. Scrap them. Ignore them. You will do yourself the greatest favor learning to filter out media nonsense. You want to watch your local news? Knock yourself out. Traffic stuff, your local kids' school, crime in the area. The national news, NBC, CBS, um, ABC, CNN, MSNBC, it is all garbage. Listen, I have done commentary at other networks. I'm telling you now, here's the difference between Fox and them. Fox has actual liberals on on their news programming. Believe me, I've been in green rooms. They're real liberals. They're not fakes. Love it or hate it. Sometimes it bothers you. I read your emails. Mm -hmm. I don't like this person on Fox. At least Fox has the cojones to put an alternate view on. You go to CNN and MSNBC, the conservatives they have there are total fakes. They're anti-Trump liberals, Anna Navarro, David Gergen. These aren't conservatives. Jennifer Rubin. These these are liberal. They're, they're, They're more liberal than liberals. The media is lost. Learn to filter out the nonsense and you will save yourself a bunch of heartache. Okay. Uh, I got a couple more things to get through. I spent a little more time on that than I had planned on, but it's worth it. Yeah, it was good. The, Co- the Comey questions are worth it. Yeah. Remember, hashtag, dear Jim, if you guys wouldn't mind, and ladies out there on Twitter, if you could send them to Jim Comey, I would really appreciate it. I can't. He blocked me. So I am. Uh, <laughs> he did. He's He knows we're onto his game. Yeah. Of course. All right, finally, today's show, this is a really good uh, sponsor. We just got our our, uh, our cards from them, and they're really great. Did you ever get the perfect holiday card from someone else and wish you had the time and creativity to do that too? This holiday season, you can with Minted.com. Minted. You know, like the flavor mint. Minted.com. Minted.com. Check them out. Send the perfect ho- sending the perfect holiday card is an art, a unique design, exquisite materials, and one of a kind. That's what you get at minted.com. The best designs by independent artists. I got mine. So if you're in my listening audience and I have your home address and you send me Christmas cards, we try to send them back. You are going to love our cards this year. And they're from minted.com. They are gorgeous, beautiful. It's easy to use, folks. Easy to use. You simply pick up a photo on your phone you want to use for your holiday card and you text it to cards. That's 22737. Cards, 22737. Text it to 22737 and Minted will text you right back with some simple questions. It's simple. We picked, obviously, our daughters. We always love those pictures. It can be a, it can be a minimalist. You can choose from full bleed photos, minimalist frames, elegant, botanical, edgy, bohemian chic, traditional colors, non-traditional colors. They have all kinds of options out there that you can pick to make your card look beautiful. It's so easy to use. Again, just text the photo on your phone to 22737. That's cards. And they'll text you right back with simple questions to help you design the most beautiful holiday cards. This this could not get any easier. Even I could figure this out. And I'm not the most tech-savvy guy out there. The cards are beautiful. My wife has them. We're getting ready to actually get them out pretty soon. Again, I used my kids' cards. It was great. Minted.com is the only place to get a truly unique holiday card by simply texting them a picture from your phone. It's not off the shelf, one size fits all. This is customized to you and your family. They're created by, again, independent artists voted on by thousands of taskmasters. Go check it out. Text your photo to cards 
888-222-2737. And new customers will get 20% off, but only through, uh, the, only through the month. Uh, text your photo to 22737 and get 20% off your first purchase. Uh, 22737, get 20% off at Minted.com. Okay. Sorry, I had a hard time. Uh, my head was itching there. Minted, we love them. They're great. Okay, uh, a lot of a lot of other stuff going on. One one quick thing. There's a an interesting um, New York State gun law. When I say interesting, I mean it's more police state nonsense from liberals in the coastal uh, coastal places that are trying to take away slowly but surely whittle away your constitutional rights and implement their uh, police state tactics. There's a New York State gun law being proposed, Joe, uh, by a couple of lawmakers. I have the story in the show notes. I encourage you to spread it around as a warning of what's ahead. Now to purchase a firearm in New York, these lawmakers want you to uh, to surrender, Joe, three years of your internet search history and social media history. They want to look for, they they want, they, I mean, is this not, it, you know what, it, I, I mean, I, I used to love Pink Floyd till I found out that Roger Waters is a rabid anti-Semite. Now I can't stand him anymore. Every time I, but it reminds me of, if you don't eat your meat, you can't have any pudding. How can you have any pudding if you don't eat your meat? This is like police state garbage on steroids. This is a, This is real. It's not a joke. They want you now. It's not law yet. It will not, I doubt this will pass. But the fact that it's even being trial ballooned in coastal states, and this is always my argument, by the way, for fighting back in some of these liberal states, because they trial balloon stuff they want to take nationally. They want you to turn over three years of your search history and your social media history to be able to buy a firearm. Uh, uh, you know, I just want to put that out there as an example, again, of far left liberal absurdity. Now, it's not good enough to use foreign partners to spy on people, manipulate the FISA courts to spy on people, take away their gun rights. They now want your social media history, your search history. I mean, this is just insane. It, the proposal is so bizarre. And it speaks again to what I had told you before about the liberal use of discretionary government to slowly whittle away the the idea of negative liberties by the government and to make them negative liberties by you. In other words, the Bill of Rights protects you against what the government can't do to you. They want to turn that around and make it so that things uh, to, to make it negative liberties for you, things you can't do against the government. The, in their view, against the government. In other words, you're not going to be able to get a per, to purchase a firearm now unless you do this, mm-hmm. knowing for full well people aren't going to turn over three years of their search history. I mean, listen, people, you know. You don't have to be a criminal to search some questionable stuff. I mean, I don't, I'm just saying, I'm not saying, I'm just saying you ask a thousand people, Hey, have you ever searched an inappropriate term? No, no, not me. Not me. (laughs) Who wants to turn that over? (laughs) Now I've always made this argument before in the past that the difference between freedom loving countries protected by uh, constitutions and a limited government and places like North Korea and Cuba is the wall between the personal self and the public self. Don't ever forget this distinction. I've always, I always think of easy ways and analogies to explain stuff. Do you understand when you go to these totalitarian countries, some of them I've traveled to as a secret service agent, there, you can sense among the people there is no distinction between the personal and public self. In other words, they understand everything they do is in the public domain. People are watching their search history. People are watching their purchases online. People are uh, neighbors are reporting to the government about, uh, you know, uh, behavior they may they, they 
they may think is uh, against the government or, or whatever against the policy. I'm telling you, you can sense it. For those of you who are listening who are foreign travelers, you know what I'm talking about. You go to these countries and there's a sense amongst the population, this, shh, shh, someone could be listening. You know it. Those of you who travel know exactly what I'm talking about. They say that because they know nothing is private. I guess that's a better way to say it. In the United States, at least up to this point, we don't have that. We have this feeling that there is a personal self. Listen, not everything we do at home online is the most morally upstanding. So I'm not, not criminal. I'm not suggesting that. I'm just saying some of it, folks, let's be candid with you. It's not a BS show. Not everything's pretty all the time. Personal self's not always pretty. We're all sinners. People do stuff. You know, they regret it later. It's not necessarily criminal, but it's not the thing you want out in the public. Folks, we're slowly approaching a society now where that's gone. No, I'm serious. The government, through the use of collection of metadata, FISA courts, foreign intelligence and spying, you see how this all ties together? We're getting to the point now, folks, where the distinctions between the private and the public self are all whittled away now. The shadow knows. The shadow, that's right. That's good. I actually get that one, right? Typically, Joe goes right off my head. Uh, (laughs) The, the, the shadow does know. Yes, sir. The sh- and they know They know just about everything or they can get their hands on it. That's why this New York State you know, proposed gun law thing is so dangerous. What they really want is not to stop you from getting a firearm. Yeah, I mean, they do, but they, they what they really want is, is to get you to turn over all this information. Yep. The firearm stuff is secondary. Is this going to happen in the future? Do you know job interviews for the federal government? You're going to have to turn over, uh, you know, 15 years of your social media history, whatever it is. Folks, be wary. You know, your personal self ends when your garage door or your front door opens and you walk outside. You do things different, right? You're in your house. I don't know. You pick your nose or whatever. I mean, I don't know. I'm trying not to be. There's other things. It, It could be more gross, but whatever. You do things at home. You don't do in public. What if that garage door was open all the time? Listen to me. That's what liberals want. That's why this war on Facebook, this New York State proposed gun law, this Pfizer abuse, the Spygate case, the foreign intelligence, that's why this bothers me so much. The new story out today in the Wall Street Journal, how liberals are now pushing back against Facebook. Liberals. They want Facebook to agree to some Uh, independent board to sanction content. Folks, I've warned you over and over and over about this. You are getting played. If you believe government regulation of social media entities, you are getting played for a sucker if you believe this is not going to blow up in your face. They are egging on conservatives by deleting Facebook pages, deleting Twitter accounts, ultimately praying that you push for government regulation of social media companies. Why do you think the primary people up on the hill pushing for this Mark Warner, Democrat and others are liberals because they are desperate for the day for an independent board of government bureaucrats and regulators to be able to wipe your Facebook and Twitter clean off the face of the earth with no legal remedy whatsoever for you to pursue it. And to turn all of it over to the government on demand. They are begging for you to join this fight. So be clear, the only reason I'm bringing this up is in relation to the the whole show today has been about the division between the private and the public self that is disappearing. The questions for Jim Comey, 
the New York state gun law and this Facebook story I saw. Facebook is now potentially open to the idea, according to some people in this report, of having some independent counsel be responsible for like judging what content should and shouldn't be allowed on the platform. Do you actually believe that that independent board is going to benefit conservatives? It's going to be an excuse, a legal remedy for Facebook and Twitter to wipe you off the face of the earth. Now, I understand your counter argument. Many of you are saying right now, Joe's shaking his head. I think he gets where I'm going. They're already doing it to us, Dan. They are. Ladies and gentlemen, the world is a crappy, imperfect place at times. But you live in the greatest country in it. You at least have remedies now. You have remedies now. You have social pressure. You have boycotts against Twitter. One going on right now. I'm not at liberty to talk about, but it's doing very real damage to Twitter. There will be an alternative. It will appear. It requires patience. Conservatives have never been the easy way out types. Clamoring for government regulation and government boards to regulate content. How you think that's the answer is so perplexing to me. I can't understand how conservatives and libertarians lost this argument to people out there. It is a disaster. I get it. They're going after us now. They go after me. Again, I can't run ads on Twitter. We were banned. We still haven't been given an excuse. I get it. I've been a victim of it. Facebook was labeling our stuff spam. I can't stand these platforms. But I'm telling you, an alternative is going to emerge. We have social pressure now. We've already had a few accounts restated on Twitter, people who are kicked off. I saw what happened to Laura Loomer. She got kicked off. What's happening? You're seeing on Twitter a bunch of pressure building. Please, please don't seek the easy way out. Once you get this independent board to sanction content, it is going to be a direct attack against freedom, liberty, and conservative ideas. And the personal and public self will disappear as that board is used for more of a reason to to, uh, collect and aggregate data on American citizens. Please, please don't fall prey to that. All right. Um, Folks, I had a lot to get to. I'm really sorry, um, but I got some more stories I want to get to on Monday that are really, really good. And I encourage you, uh, Joe wants me to do more of this teasing of future shows because he's a radio professional and I'm not. And uh, it happens all the time. But uh, no, it is important. In this case, it's important. I know I forget a lot. I have a couple of really good stories about how the left have become nothing but liars and agitators, how there are conclusive facts out about two issues that they're lying about to the public to agitate. I want to get to that. I also want to get to another important story on Monday about the small town renaissance that has a lot to do with Amazon and internet shopping, but, but, but why this renaissance in small town America, which was collapsing for a long time, deindustrialization and other things, why this is huge for the Trump revolution and Republican party. It's it's maybe one of the more important stories I've talked about politically speaking in a while. I'm going to get to that on Monday. A sincere thank you for a great week of listens. We had an unbelievable number of downloads on Thanksgiving. Yeah. That means the world to me. Happy Thanksgiving to you and your families. Thank you so much. Please subscribe to the show. It's free. Helps us move up the charts on iTunes, iHeart, uh, what do we got? Spotify, SoundCloud, and others. I really appreciate it. Have a great weekend. Love you all. You're the best. Your emails were so uh, incredible. And thank you again to all our servicemen and women and first responders who worked on the holidays and got up early on this Black Friday. You all are the best of us. Our liberty is your gift. Thank you so much. 
See you all on Monday. Good day, sir. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. Get more of Dan online anytime at conservativereview.com. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.